Rolling. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to The Spinner Rack. I'm here with the boys, Cal and Petey. And today we're talking about the Black Widow, the history of the Black Widow. That's right, Natasha Romanoff. So once again, the boys are here. Cal and Petey say, what's rocking to the peeps? What up? Need to rock. Always remember to give us a thumbs up, comment, and like on our video. So, hey, I'm going to pass it on to Petey so he gives a little background on the Black Widow. And uh, we'll jump into the conversation from there. Petey, go selector. Well, we're going to talk a little about um, the Black Widow, Natasha Romanoff. We're gonna. She's a fan favorite, but yes, she is. But she she hasn't really had a title of her own throughout the years. She only recently at Marvel got like a, a decent run on a, her own title with some nice stuff that's going on now. But she was very you know success in the movies and always a character that sort of found this way to coming back at Marvel and find this way to everyone's history. So we're gonna go through a little of her history, right? So we got this nice picture of her in the movies. And um, let's go to, let's see. We're going to, in my scans, we got our Iron Man, Tales of Suspense 53, where she literally looks like a widow. <laughs> Right, so this is our intro to her, and she looks pretty powerful in here. We've never seen her do anything like this. But at the same time, in this story, we have it, the plot is by Stanley, and the script is by someone we haven't heard of before. So the creation of her character has been possibly just given to Stanley, Kirby, and Don Heck, but it's we have this end. Karak guy that we don't know when Stan was trying out people to write scripts for the stories. But ultimately, she's sort of an arms stealer and arms dealer. In this story, she kind of steals something that Tony Stark had, has created and using it against him. And she becomes, she slowly becomes a thorn in, um, in Tony Stark's side. So she shows up there. And then, of course, the next time she shows up, she brings a cool operative, Hawkeye. So. Wow. Oh, they go back that far, huh? Yeah, so she brought him up there, and this was kind of her, the, the guy she had, this mercenary type guy who didn't really kill anybody, but he's really a tough guy that puts Iron Man through some, you know, some shoots and ladders. But she has him, has Clinton Barton wrapped around her finger, right? So, of course, he comes back a couple times in Iron Man, but then we know he joins and seeing Black Widow almost killed makes him and compels him to join the Avengers. And soon after she joins, oh, I should have found that issue. There is an issue in one of the, the my Gitcore scan, scans where you see her as a villain on the cover, but she becomes a background character in the Avengers. She's kind of, what do I have here? She shows up, but then when Roy Thomas is writing her, he decided to make her an actual widow that, <laughs> that her husband has died but has he? And we find out her husband was actually the Red Guardian. But she's like, at this point, the Avengers have like three female characters, but the, the Black Widow is really a background character. And her character kind of gets thrown into a background plot that um, Nick Fury, you know, she's, oh, what, Hawkeye wants her to join the Avengers. Um, Hank Pym is like, um, no, I don't think so. She, she attacked us with, I think it's the match, some, some group of villains. It's like, I don't think she should join. And she kind of worked with Cat for a little while. So they're kind of, you know, you know, kind of liking her. But at the same time, Nick Fury comes in, and this is the first time, this is a little before this issue, 
Nick Fury says, I got a special mission for you. And that special mission leads us to meeting the Red Guardian, who's actually her husband. Now, the movie, I think, might have this a little different. <laughs> I think they might Very have. different. Very different. So, but it's an interesting thing where she, her character is not only a, a widow by name, but she's, because the costume changed a little bit, but she's actually a, um, you know, she actually was thought herself as a widow, but we find out her husband was alive. But then I think a little, she, you know. Still, Peter, you don't mean to interrupt, but she was still uh, trained by the, by the Russians, right? To be a spy. She was more a spy. She didn't really do much, too much fighting at this period. I think the history that you, I think you're going to get into, is going to get into more of that. But more, she's more an arms, you know, dealer and stealer, like taking things from Tony Stark, and then she slowly becomes a girlfriend in the background. And then when Nick Fury, oh. hmm? whose girlfriend? Hawkeye's. Yeah, Hawkeye's girlfriend. Where it's like, and then she has a, an abrupt breakup with Hawkeye. She has a very abrupt breakup where she says that she never loves Hawkeye after this story goes and the Red Guardian's gone. And then she appears in Spider-Man. And that's the look. And that's where we get the sort of um, the M appeal from the Avengers and or it could be considered because here we have our old costume in scans and we have her here. She broke up with, um, you know, she broke up with Hawkeye and we had this old outfit that she has where she lost the sort of veil and having the veil within the rest of the costume. But she decides, you know what? I'm gonna put on this cooler thing. I'm gonna get some things. I'm gonna check out the Spider-Man character and figure out what he does. And, you know, she gets her a, a couple of things, a little bit like Emma Peel, but a little more like with the color, like Catwoman from the Batman series. A little more rah, rah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for that. Thank you for that, especially done by John Romita, you know, one of the best babe artists out there. And um, so um, as I'm gonna go to a different thing after that, but Cal, can you say some words on this period or, or anything you wanna say about her history? Oh, you got, no, I was surprised. You, I think you did a really concise job over there. I love the images that um, you took the time to put together. When we first meet her, yes, she's a, she's a spy. She steals munitions. She's looking to steal plans. And I, not, she's really not that big in terms of an Iron Man villain. She's more like the catalyst and like, I'm going to throw this at him. And then of course, she's one of those villains, almost like a skeletal where at the very end, I can run away, escape in the truck. And Iron Man's chasing after, oh, why can't I ever catch her? Because if you catch her, then, you know, she can't come back and, you know, do something in the next episode. So, you, you know, you have those types of things. But, you know, and then at some point she's given... At some point, she's given uh, she's given that costume, this, the one that we saw earlier. So she's more of a costume, you know. So she has like, as she says, she's no longer just Madame Natasha, you know, the spy who with the moniker of the Black Widow. She's the actual costume Black Widow, that sort of thing. And then it was the same situation for her, like you saw with Quicksilver and Scarlet Witch, where they looked and they say, hey, these characters, you know, pretty popular. We can just kind of bleed them over to the Avengers. We need new, we need people on the team. Let's use these people right over here. So we get them on and it works. The only, uh, man, the, the hardest thing is that you get the Red Guardian coming in and that upsets, well, the, the problem, you know, you bring the Red Guardian, it, it actually makes her a lot older <laughs> than I thought she was. Because by the time you get there, you know, by the time you get there with the Red Guard, and you're like, how old is she? Like 50? You know, you know, 40 or such? Because, you know, she was married and this dude, you know, that, that's, you know, that starts to throw everything off. And then you get to her by the 70s. By the 70s, she still looks like what? 
at the at the best she's early 30s so the time thing starts to play with her because they wanted to uh, backdate it that she was like active during world war ii and when we were first introduced to her as a character she's just a regular human being she's you know got some well first she's not even like you know fighter or anything she's a spy and you know she's a femme fatale and that moves for her being a costume adventure she's had training and ballerina and all this other type of stuff by the time we see her here in spider-man she's somebody who can actually sneak up on spidey and you know you know rope him up and break through boards with just a crack of her hands and so on and so forth and then we get even further down the line when she's actually going to be a recipient of a version of the super soldier serum which was a which was a shock to me because i read all of this stuff and i remember going back like did i miss something you know where where did this happen it happened in the wonderful world of retcon <laughs> it happened in the wonderful you know world of retcon because i was like when in the world did i was like when did she take that serum because i was looking through these uh, issues and I'm like how did I miss that and I'm like I didn't miss anything they just added that in but up to this point you know the, the, the super chosen serum I, I never agreed with but up to this point you really get to see a nice trajectory of how developed this character was and how readily embraced this character was by readership because these we take it for granted but this is some pretty dramatic change that the character has from where she starts to where she is by the time we see her over in the 70s and this is just a jump before she's going to become Daredevil's partner Yes. And the Daredevil series, which is actually her longest, that's up to that. Yeah, up to that point, that is her longest, that's her longest partnership with any superhero. Uh, it was even, uh, the title was even renamed Daredevil and the Black Widow for a uh, period of time. Uh, Daredevil like kind of like turned her down and said, no, we've got no relationship. He wanted to hook up with some other chick, which I always thought was the dumbest thing possible. I was like, why in the world? What's wrong with her? <laughs> I don't understand. He wants, he's like, you want this woman? What's wrong with her? And then, of course, what's the reason why he has to get rid of her? Somebody else is like, no, I want her in this book. I want her in this book. So she's got to go. That's how that worked out. She well, had her own books for uh, her own books for a long time. It's usually she's doing others' books. Am I correct? When does she have? She had um, this one series that she had, which I'm going to show you right now. It was called, she had an eight issue stint in Amazing Adventures. Yeah. With the. Uh, but the Inhumans is a backup feature. Let me just show you guys that. And this is where you really get some of the, like some of the action and stuff like that, taking from what happened in that Spider-Man series. And we get to see her, her friend, was it Alexi, that's, that somehow shows up all the time. We don't know if they're, they're in a relationship or not, but she, he's kind of always there. But it's like, a, especially the Gene Colan sort of art, like this, and there's some really nice stuff. She's really, I mean, she's a total babe in this whole series. So I think my brother was buying this from the Neil Adams um, and Humans issues. And I'm like, saying, oh, look at these, look at this Black Widow stuff. Because <laughs> she's <laughs> always getting dressed up and she's always kicking behind. It's mostly, you know, like something like, um, not really, no, Emma Peel did a lot more than just kicks, but it's like flips and kicks and whatnot and swinging around. So it's cool stuff. Now, the only other thing I wanted to, of this period where you can see, it's one of these characters that the pros are kind of like, hey, we like this character. We like this character a lot. So you have, you also have, while it was going on, she shows up in the Champions. Now in the Champions, all the other covers, she's the girl in the series. She's clearly the girl. This is one cover where you don't really see her as the girl. But as it went along, Bob Mantlo and um, Mantlo and um, John Byrne, when they had this, their short stint, 
on the on the tail end of it, they kind of push for Natasha to become the um, the leader of the team. When you can see Hercules is the headshot, so it was kind of thought of as his thing. Where the pros are like, nah, you know what? She could probably, you know, this is one of the first female-led teams, even though it, it died out pretty quickly. And another thing that was short-lived, but we didn't get to see it in the 70s, but in the 80s, she finally got the, the real treatment where you get to see her taking action. It was a 70s thing that George Perez did, but it was something that was done later in, in Marvel Fanfare in the 80s, where we got this lost story that they couldn't find a place to put and they said, hey, Perez is hot as, you know, he's hot as fire. And of course, he's still, just like Bernie, like he's still in love with the widow. So they put her in this series where she's kicking, you know, she's working with them, with them, who's that, um, Nick Fury, and she's kicking behind. So it's a, this one is another four issue, even though this, this four issue thing kind of fell under the issue of the Justice League Avengers, where Perez was kind of upset that that died. So he didn't do the last cover because he was like, I'm exclusive. I'm not working with Marvel. But it's cool seeing him, you know, revisit the covers while his older art is, um, is you know, the classic art that made him famous in the 70s. The art is great as heck, man. Yeah, this is a, well, Marvel Fanfare is a series I think is very, very underrated because you had some great cover art from guys like Perez, uh, Joe Chiodo, who did these awesome covers for, that Sheena, or no, Shanna the She-Devil. Really nice covers and just a great story. They actually, one of the characters in uh, the storyline is capped for the movie as well. Uh, that's the Iron Maiden. But I don't know what they're doing with the movie because it seems like a lot of these, you know, Red Guardians like, oh, that's my pop, huh? <laughs> <laughs> and then of course, I'm the comic book guy here. So I'm going to be like, what? You married your father? That's what you do in Russia? <laughs> you know, it's just wild for me because you're like, hey, what the hell happened? But very great, you know, really great series. The Champions, I always thought it was a bit of an oddity because what do you have? You have two Avengers, two X-Men, and you're like, let's throw the Ghost Rider here. So it's pretty much, okay, some, you know, we let's have some of the popular stuff and, you know, that's not working individually and see if we can actually, you know, bring those together. Because they tried to do stuff for Hercules, but it never worked in Marvel because Thor was the guy. So it became like, how do we do this? Because we've already set up Thor to be the godly guy with everything. And then Herc is supposed to be like his pal who doesn't really give a damn about anything. He just wants to drink and chase chicks. So how do we, you know, it, it never worked. They they did try to do stuff with him. They gave him a solo shot here and there. And, you know, the champion stuff didn't really work. And then same thing, Black Widow never had her own, uh, never had like a real uh, solo series. Even when she was with the stunt, uh, Amazing Adventures, she's sharing it with the Inhumans. Ghost Rider, you know, for, you know, you know, Ghost Rider was a fan favorite book that just wasn't strong enough to go, you know, the long term on its own but it's had several series and then of course hey throw an x on it because x-men were happy you know the x-men are hot not these two guys but <laughs> let's put some x-men on this i always found that was interesting that was just a real interesting uh mashup for a team it's almost like hey let's just make a team book and let's see let's see how the hell it goes and we, we saw exactly how it went so she gets buzzed but i'm trying to remember where we are again so she's up to the point of what marvel fanfare yeah. And we still haven't gotten to the retcon yet. She's still a regular person. There's no super soldier serum. Okay. So here, you know, I'm, I'm still good. And then what's now? Well, there's the a... next thing I know in trajectory is because she's going to reappear in Daredevil and they're going to change her outfit. So yeah. she will no longer be in the in the sexy cat suit. Instead, Frank Miller wanted her to be 
I guess more uh, wanted like a more return to her spy roots in terms of her outfit. So he gave it a collar and put Are it. You complaining about the hair? Are you you're going to complain about the hair, aren't you? The haircut. I wasn't going to complain about the hair. I was just looking at. I didn't have too much of an issue with the costume change. I didn't think it was that big of a deal. He gave her just a plunging, you know, more of a plunging neckline and a collar. And I was like, okay, I didn't see any, you know, still, you know, like dark gray, black, that type of stuff. But a lot of guys just hated it. They, you know, they hated the, they hated that costume for whatever reason. The hair, hey, what can I say? You got hair like that, you don't cut it. That was Miller. Probably he wanted to differentiate her from Electra. Well, because they both had red hair. That's a, that might be a good point. Well, they had both had long hair. Electra's hair is black. But wait a minute. Well, red that's the other line. thing. When we first start with the Black Widow, she has black hair. Then at some point, it becomes red. So here's her. This is the black and white of it. I didn't like that costume. You don't like this one? I, I bought this one off the stand, so I was just happy to see the Widow back. And I was just like, well, as a kid, I was just like, oh, she's back. Great. And <laughs> I didn't really understand the credits. See, this is And this is, this is Frank Miller before he drew women better. No, because look, look at that face. That's Bucky. Well, this is also a lot of, this is more um, Klaus Jansen. He was just doing layouts. You can see this. It's probably not that much different, but this is where Klaus has taken up a little more of the drawing. But that's not to say that you're not right about his his, his females. But um, this is that period. The only, what was it? There was one other, what other thing? I mean, she does show up in this costume in Iron Man where there's an Iron Man story where she, her one of her last miss, missions kind of come up and she and Iron Man helps him, but there's a big surprise in it. But I wanted to really get to this on the first time she's really an actual member of the, the what's the name, the Avengers. And she's a part of the members only Avengers. And look at how little respect she gets on the team and how much respect the, the Black Knight gets, who doesn't really look like the Black Knight anymore. Her, his energy sword is in front of her face. I guess it's the whole sword is bigger. Hey, it? Just look at the corner box. She's not even there. <laughs> it's yeah, Eric. Who's there? Eric Masterson, Thor, White Vision, Hercules is cool, Black Knight is cool, and Crystal. These three of these guys aren't even really Avengers at the end of the day. And, you know, she couldn't even get up there. No respect. No respect at all. So, so and this is. What's, what's with the jackets, man? Everybody has what? Members only. Members only. When you put it on, something happens to you. Good grief. <laughs> hey, 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 don't knock the ties, though. Okay, don't knock the ties. You said, you said that's that yours, huh? The 90s. Everybody was wearing it. What are you talking about? Everybody In the 80s, it. this is the 90s. Everybody was wearing it, bro. Members only in the, in the 90s? I just say everybody had a member jacket. Whether it was popular or not, you had it in the back in your closet. Somewhere. The Black Knight has on a high-waisted leather jacket, and his name is the Black Knight. The Knights do not wear. Here we go. Jackets, okay. Oh, he's you a, have a cape, he's a maybe. You have a cape and a tunic and some chainmail, sure, but not a jacket. Look at Hercules. Hercules is like, hey, you may try to bitch me out by making me shave, but I'm not putting <laughs> that jacket on, okay? 
And they're like, Herc, you want to put on some more clothing? He's like, are you kidding? Wait, wait, wait. I'm not hiding this. What are you talking about? He's wearing um, studs. Like, he's going to go to... Um, he's to, always had that. I know, but I'm saying he looks as though he's going to... to um, I mean, he's wearing underwear out there, uh, matching his studs and stuff like that. What are you talking about? Are you kidding what? me? It's Hercules. You're lucky he has any clothes on at all. He's probably saying, <laughs> he's probably saying, why should I wear clothing? You know, I'm denying people to look at this. You know, I'm denying you the gift of me. He's like, you've seen all these statues of me. You know, I'm not afraid to put it all out there. You know what I got. But it's kind of interesting that you have, um, Thor seems to be uh, more of the Hercules mode nowadays, you know, than Hercules is now. I mean, we don't even see Hercules. You know, yeah, it would be it would be very similar. I think um, it's. So that's where you can have them. I think um, no. I think when um, when um, more so when Roger Stern was kind of writing it, he kind of figured like because he had Namor and Hercules kind of become friends and slash rivals, and it was an interesting way to write. It was one of the first times you really started to see like Hercules really finding his sort of voice, but then of course he got, you know, but we, we, we're tracking, we're getting away from Natasha, who's actually a member, but even though she's not in the corner, she's not in that corner box. But then the next thing, which I don't have a picture of, and I, 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 I didn't necessarily read it that much, is the Ultimates, where she's um, a, very much a part of that series. Oh God, that's, awful. <laughs> that's where we really know it, once it started up, because it's all connected to, um, you know, to Nick Fury, like she's a part of the team, and then she became inseparable with the team after that point. So, so she's a, has she been attached to Shield all this time? Because I mean, Daredevil wasn't she uh, attached to Shield with Daredevil? Wasn't she attached with the Avengers early on? Only this that 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 fanfare story. She's attached to to Nick Fury, and then the Avengers story with um with the Red Guardian. They, but they don't, it's not like they've had this lifelong thing. He just says, hey, you going good in the Avengers. Why don't you just come help me out? Like, that's basically it. And he, she can't tell the Avengers. He's like, like, Hawkeye's like, we're bringing her in. I don't care what anybody says. And she's like, no, Hawkeye, I can't do it. He's like, what the hell? And then they're like, see? Hank <laughs> Pym was like, see? I knew she was a, a turncoat. I knew she was a cop. Like, he didn't say those words. But it's like he's against her. And then, of course, you find out. She says, oh, I couldn't tell. that." You know, the Marvel type of um, drama where she doesn't tell him she's obviously Russian. So they think, oh, she got some other planet. You find out. Even she doesn't know when she finds out. Oh, my gosh. They said, was it Ivan? They said, my husband, he's alive. <laughs> but not for long. Yeah, he was up for all the one issue because these guys were like, we can't keep this going. The Ultimates were uh, another um, another world, I think, right? They were the Avengers. Yeah. You know, so yeah, that was an yeah, alternate. That was an awful alternate universe. Oh. <laughs> Just awful. Yeah, but that was Hickman. Didn't he do well with that one? No, that's um, that was Hitch. Miller. Hitch, yeah, Hitch, yeah, Hitch and uh, Miller, the other Miller, Mark Miller. Okay. Cool. So that would be from that point. Um, I know you want to get to the whole history that we have now, Mars. So please give it to us. Are we talking about the latest comics that she's in now? Are we talking about where? Oh, anything, anything. Yeah, I mean, so right now we have her in. Um, there was a limited series, five issues, where you know she loses her her memory, and um, she's in San Francisco. And she has a child. I don't want to go mess up the story for anybody, but she has a child. And she's like she thinks that's the way it should be, not realizing that. Um, there, people have put in all her enemies are basically all her superhero villain enemies have gotten together to try to um, make her suffer and, and end up killing her in the end, trying to kill her in the end. At the same time, um, Elena Belova, as well as 
Hawkeye and Winter Soldier try to go out and help her out. But the success of that, which is interesting, and I'm not sure if it's success of that or because it's a tie into the Black Widow movie. Um, I think those comics, those five limited issues were supposed to come out around the same time Black Widow was supposed to be. But the success, it seems, now they've just had um, issue number six. And no one thought there was going to be a, uh, of course, if you read the previews, you knew something was coming up. But they had an issue number six, which giving her a series. No longer is it limited. It's one, two, three, four, five. And, you know, there was a run this week on the comics for that. You know, mm. it sold out everywhere. All the covers. Uh, I don't know if Cal will know anything about that. No, I don't. Yeah, so there was a big run on all those. So there's no, now because no one expected it. It's weird, considered a number six episode issue. But, um, I mean, here, we, we go back to what we're talking about, where she's more affiliated, you know, with, um, she has the super serum. I know you're not going to like this, but, you know, they're, they're, they're saying the retconning is that she got some version of the, um, of the, uh, the super soldier serum. Probably not the full blast that we have in Captain America, but, you know, something that allows her to hold her own. Because if you see the comics in the past, she doesn't, the reason she's all the way in the back is because she has the least amount of power, right? Well, yeah. The, the whole idea of the, giving her the super soldier serum wasn't so much so she could be on the team because Hawkeye doesn't have it and he's just shooting arrows at the end wow. of the day. The idea was that because they couldn't explain why she was so old and yet looked so young because they were dating her all the way back to World War II and then they were having these stories with her hanging out with Cap and Wolverine. So it just, it, eventually they were like, look, you know, she should be like about what, 98 years old and she looks like she's in her early 30s at best. So super soldier serum. And, but then that's also one of the things they started introducing the, the Yelena Belova character to have her come and try and take over the, I guess they wanted to bring a younger character, someone with a different take from the, uh, the, the Russian, um, the, from the Red Room. But, you know, it's, I've seen a number of the comics and it's like some of them, she's just been absolutely cruel to the poor girl, you know, trying to prevent her from doing this business, getting into the spying business because she doesn't want her to do it, you know. Um, but it's, it's pretty interesting. I, I think that this is a character who's been under um, underused, you know, because of her, I guess she doesn't have the same power level that many of the others have. But in terms of skill, in terms of tactical abilities, I mean, she's got to be on par with um, our boy Cap, right? She's been no. wrong. better than Cap. <laughs> no. no. That's what she is. No. Okay. That's the nonsense that you always have to go through. It's like, well, she's she's on a par with Cap. Why is she on a par with Cap? Let her do her own thing. She's a spy. Cap's not a spy, even though he does do he has done missions for Shield that pretty much put him in almost in the same vein. No, she was doing something totally different than what Cap was doing. So to put on, they're on two different tracks at the end of the day. Yes, it's almost like you got to legitimize her by trying to put her up to you know to Cap's thing. Cap does his own things. She does her own things. Two totally different things. They're on the same team though, bro. And it's not like they say, hey, you know what? You just do the spying stuff. You're fighting. When you see her in the comic, she's also fighting some of these guys too, some of the villains. So you Again, can't- that's, that's like they're saying something deficient with her where we got to somehow, uh, like the yardstick is Cap. So we got to use him to measure out her. Like, no, just judge her by the stuff that she does. Cap has nothing to do with her. Well, I think that's the thing. They had this scene in one of the more, it was a backup of one of the Spider-Man issues where she didn't, She's trying to figure out his spider sense. So she did something where she like shot in two areas to kind of understand it without doing a thing where she went toe to toe to him to figure it out. And it's like, oh, you fought like this and I figured this out. She kind of did it from a distance saying, this is how I would <laughs> deal with Spider-Man, not toe to toe, which was like, wow, I couldn't believe it happened. I thought it was gonna be 
hey, I've got these. I mean, they've had other characters who had like, well, I mean, Iron Fist was a, you know, he was with the the living weapon, a weapon at one point. So that kind of gave you the reason why he'd be able to, you know, give Spider-Man a hard time. But with um, Natasha, she never had that much in comparison. She shouldn't be anywhere near Iron Fist either. But it was interesting that, that she did something from long range just to figure it out, not to defeat him, but just let me figure this out and to taking this information. We don't know what she's going to do with it, but it was just interesting to see that rather than just what Marvel does is like, we're going to do a story where, you know, it would be cool if she could beat Spider-Man. <laughs> when we did, we already saw them, you know, um, did the classic um, Marvel style that Stanley and Romita did where Spider-Man doesn't necessarily lose, but he kind of, she kind of ties him up a couple of times. And then in the end, it looks like he's going to, he could overtake the win and she kind of gets out of there. So. Those are the old days when not everybody had to beat everybody up in a fight. You could actually outsmart someone or, hey, you know what? I can't make this guy, you know, in terms of raw power, but, you know, I'll do this and I'll find a way to get at him that way when they used to do those things. Then they said, yeah, the hell with it. Let's just give everybody super soldier serum so they can all fight. <laughs> You guys just hate that super soldier serum, I see. It's overused. The power broker didn't even use that. He used his own thing. Everybody seems to forget the Vita rays. You know, nobody else seems to need the Vita rays except for Cap. That's why they all go crazy. Yeah. That's, a, that's a good point. There's other things they could do rather than just use that. And the movies have been since the Hulk. Kind of like, hey, can we give that super soldier serum to someone else? Let's get that juice, baby. Let's get that juice. It's like when they blew up that car full of... um of, um, um, what do you call that, flag smashers? I'm surprised no one came out there and started vacuuming all that blood. In, uh, <laughs> in, oh, good grief, man. Good. To, get that, to get that juice, bro. I'm surprised it hasn't oh, been. Someone <laughs> on the floor. <laughs> no, I, come on, it's super valuable, man. What are you that's talking about? Like that, that's an idea. That's, no, that's like Shang-Chi's last, that the last episode, last episode, the last issue of Shang-Chi, Master of Kung Fu, when he's meeting up with uh, Fu Manchu, and Fu Manchu needs something. He has like this uh, serum that keeps him young. And Shang-Chi has it in a vial of like blood or something. And he's like, give me the blood. He's like, well, if you want it, you're going to have to lick it up off the floor. And he goes on the floor. And Fu Manchu drops to the floor and starts literally sucking the floor. And he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to live forever. That's what you want to do? That's what you said. You're going to have these guys over here like Fu Manchu sucking up the floor to get the blood. I don't know. Character is now called the Mandarin. Okay. Huh? Character is now called the Mandarin. No, the Mandarin is called the Mandarin. They have they are too chicken to use Fu Manchu. Okay, we will go past that. PD, exit. Well, the let uh, I'm sorry, we we're not. It's not in the budget to to be exiting stuff out. But yes. uh, <laughs> I just want to end my portion of this thing and show this issue that I didn't bring up earlier. Which is um, this is um, Avengers 60, 63. Oh, sorry, my, my mistake. But if you look at this issue, this is one of the first issues where she's on the cover. She's literally on the cover. She's not in the corner box. She's on the cover, and she has a moment later in the issue where she's like, they bring him up. He's like, nope, she's staying with us. She's hanging out with us. You know, um, Hank is like, no way. They get into an argument. But we have a moment late in the issue where Cap and Natasha are together. And this reminded me of um, the Cap movie, but at the same time, Cap is a little more up to speed in this one. And she's kind of like kind of fish out of the water. So it's kind of, it was fun to see this issue where it's very different from the movie, 
where the movie, you know, she's the one that knows everything. She don't even have an accent no more. And she's trying to get Cap to learn to, to kind of cool, you know, relax a little. Go talk to that girl. Hey, kiss me for a second. All right, I was just doing that for the plan. But you got her them working together. Some cool art by Don Heck. And, um, but yeah, I just want to bring that. That's my last point. Well, I mean, it's one of the great things is that they've been able to take a, a legacy character and mold her to something new and something better. Legacy? What's her legacy character? What do you mean she's a legacy character? Oh, yeah, what do you mean? She's an old character that they brought up. and, and they That's kept... old, not legacy. That's, yeah. I think they use old. I think that's a little insulting, you know, to... Uh... Legacy. legacy character with comics. Not trying to give you a hard time, but legacy character with comics usually mean that this is a this is a name and a mantle that's been passed on to somebody else. So... so that's right. Yeah, like you would have like the Flash, and the Flash it was Barry Allen passes it to Wally West. Wally West passes it to Bart Allen, so on and so forth. Black Widow, if you want, the only legacy the Black Widow has is, would be the Red Room, and that's a retcon. <laughs> and um, Yelena Belova. But I'm mean, saying, just getting back, is that they've had that character for a while, and how she's progressed, her character's progressed in the things that she was doing, the character development, as well as the powers that she's attained. And that's good. I mean, we, this is one thing we've always talked about where we're saying characters, there are many characters within the uh, Marvel and DC universe, but if they went back there and started mining some of that stuff, it'll make a, you know, you can use these stories, people will make, it'll be a big deal. You know, it'll be a really good thing as opposed to just come up with another uh, guy who has the ability to, to shoot fire and then another guy comes up with another guy who, who has the ability to, to shoot fire through his toes. Another guy has a fire, the ability to shoot fire through his eyes, you know. Go back to that Marvel fanfare. There's like at least four or five villains they created in that thing, so she would have a whole set of villains of her own, like that sort of thing. Back in the day, where you're not going to own this, it's like here she needs some villains, and they gave her a whole bunch of them to fight. So, yeah. Well, I mean, one of the reasons because people look back on it and say, "Well, why didn't she ever carry a title?" Because for the longest time, she was a supporting character. She was never built up to be a leading leading character. You knew who the leads were. I mean, it's the same thing you could look at somebody like uh, Hank Pym. Hank Pym was a supporting character on the Avengers. Even though the Avengers is a team, you had your lead characters, you had your supporting characters, and your supporting characters did what? They provided support. The moment they became a lead, they're no good as a supporting character. So you got to get some new supports in here, and you got to farm these guys out to their own books. So it's a longer process, but again, for the longest time, she's a supporting character. She's on the champions, you know, she's lead, but again, this is a whole bunch of supporting characters on that particular team. She's with Daredevil, you know, supporting character. She gets some more light here and there, and then finally gets to the point like, hey, you know what, we can just use her as a, you know, let's just use her as the lead, and you go from there. But it's, a, you know, it's a process at the end of the day, but a very nice process if you get to, as, you know, PD is showing us, if you get to follow it over the years. I agree. We'll and if, if the people sell them, if people buying books and they wait till that movie comes out to buy that Tales of Suspense with the Black Widow, y'all are just nuts because y'all have been hearing about this thing for umpteen years and they're like, we got to wait till it actually comes out. Now we can sell it. It's hot off the press now. It should be sitting there in the back of your... In the you should have been here for the Comic Book Hero Show when I did that one. That's pretty much where these guys are at. <laughs> it's like, you have these key books, like, okay, it's just sitting there and you know nobody wants it all of a sudden it's in a movie oh i want it now and i'm gonna pay triple the price like you're crazy <laughs> you're nuts you know it's a good book now it's a good book now if you want to go get it go get it now that's a great time yeah that is 
But hey, this is a pretty good topic. I'm glad we brought it up to get some history and some knowledge of what's going on with Black Widow, um, particularly in the comics. So hey, guys, anything else to close us out? I'm done. All right. So hey, once again, I have to say comment, subscribe, give us a thumbs up. Spin a rack. Out. Out. <laughs>